Oh, name it. And, uh, they say it ain't easy. He's real. Gang Green the New York Jets and their man. Jets got themselves a great Robert Sala. Robert Sala. Talk about all gas, no break. A great one. We're not talking about effort on the field. Ooh. We're talking about the process at which we do things. Oh, I'm not gonna lie to you. Hurry up! Hurry up! Hurry up! Keep your foot on the pedal. Base, 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 base. There's no way I'm not gonna have enthusiasm on the sideline. Hey, own this rep! Own this rep! The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're gonna win next Sunday. everybody welcome to the latest edition of the ain't easy being green podcast broadcasting to you live from beautiful amazing picturesque crystal lake studios in westchester county new york my name is keith farrell i'm joined as always by the number one jet fan in the state of texas my colleague and co-host none other than michael lagaris everybody yo 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 what's up everybody what's going on Mike, what's up? Hope everything, everything is good out there in Texas. And you know him, you love him. The number one tight end in college football history. The big Wookiee, Nick Cronk. Wookiee, what's up, man? What's going on, everybody? All right, guys. A few little news and notes to get to this week. You know, OTAs opened up. Mike has some notes from that situation for us. Aaron Rodgers injury, Lazard, etc. Uh, we're going to go through some of these comments from Alex Smith. Throwing our coach under the bus. I have something I need to say to this clown about that situation. Also, Makai Becton had some choice words for the Jets coaching staff as well. I know Mike wants to talk about that. Wookie has some opinions on that as well, guys. Some rumors here with the Jets. I know Ty Johnson also had a comment with the Jets. Not a good week for the Jets front office, in the media at least, guys. Um, how true these statements are, we don't know. There's always two sides to every story. And we're going to get into that. But um, OTAs, we're going to do later in the show, Mike. And we're going to go through the details. I want to just touch on something real quick that Mike mentioned to me yesterday. And it was really, you know, I wasn't thinking of how we were perceived in this manner. But Mike is right. So yesterday, Aaron Rodgers what, tweaks his calf muscle or something and has to go off the field. And headlines are everywhere, Mike. And we'll be everywhere. Aaron Rodgers hurts his calf. What are they just going to do? And, there's, and Mike, you saw two different reports from a reporter who's there live from the scene. Oh, my God, Aaron Rodgers, Lazard, same thing. He might have an injury. And it was funny because I think in the past, Mike, the way people looked at the Jets and the criticism we received, much of it being warranted because we have not been a great franchise under, under for any circumstance, Mike. But I think a lot of the perception was a negative perception of the team. And then almost you laughed at the Jets when bad things would happen, right? Where now, and Mike mentioned this yesterday, I'm going to throw to you, Mike. Basically, since the Jets now are in a different position, at least as perception goes, we have Aaron Rodgers. We're one of the favorites, or the top five or six favorites, insofar as um, Vegas is concerned to win the Super Bowl. A lot of people like the squad, say we're really well-rounded. Where now, Mike, we actually, it seems like we actually have some haters. And not just the kind that are just piling on, oh, the butt fumble happened, let's joke around about it. Let's joke around about Gase and all these things. I'm talking about haters because we might be good, Mike. Yep. And you could see that with some of the headlines this week. Things that in the past would be overlooked or no one would care about, like Lazard and maybe the tweak of the, the calf for the quarterback, now gets spun in some negative light, which I saw all over the internet, Mike. Yeah, isn't it funny how things change so quickly? And there's hate. I mean, something happened to this team where now Vegas has us as a fa- one of the favorites to win the AFC East has us as one of the favorites to even maybe represent for the Super Bowl. And that's getting an all-time Hall of Famer in Aaron Rodgers. And when you get someone of that um, level 
of respect and um, people who see the team now and just say, wow, we're going to have to face the New York Jets with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it also it not only brings all the lights and the and the and the camera action and and yeah. you know the being in the spotlight, but it also brings the haters too and people to come up with any you know reason to hate on this team uh, be just because I don't know they're jealous or they just want to crack a joke and say whatever. And so you know practice starts. You got the national media there. They're ready to go see Aaron Rodgers. They're ready to go see him in the green and white helmet for the very first time. They're ready to go see Robert Sala and what he's got in store for the first part of OTAs. And Rodgers essentially tweaks his calf on warmups and um, he's out for, you know, the next two years. <laughs> and then Alan Lazard, you know, Alan Lazard goes, he's playing, he, he gets a, uh, he falls down in the middle of a play goes to the sideline, you know, comes back after a few plays, finishes practice, headlines, two Packer, ex-Packers go down and, you know, Diana Rossini, ESPN. I'm not going to lie. I saw it and I clicked on it. I was like, what happened? And, you know, that's that's what you guys got to get used to, man. I mean, there's going to be a lot of drama around this team. First time Aaron Rodgers gets picked off. I you said this, Keith. The first time Sauce picks off Rodgers in practice, forget it. Yeah. Forget it. Forget it. They're gonna know about it in in, in Iraq and uh and, and and over there in India. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It'll be global news. Yeah. So that's that that's what to expect now. Yeah, I mean there's expectations for once on the Jets this year. And I think that with that, you have a lot of people hoping that we fail. And it's been a loud, boisterous fan base. And that's without really any success, you know? So I know how Jet fans can be. It just seems interesting. It'll be interesting to watch the evolution of the the media and the public's view of the Jets. Uh, in a po- you know, take the last 60 years and look at that and then see how we're kind of phrased and um, spoken of in the media now. It's a little bit different, but we'll see, man, as the year goes on. If the Jets start losing games at the beginning of the year, man, it's going to be brutal. We know that, but it's nothing that we're not used to anyway. I mean, we could be sitting here with a horrible quarterback like we've been the past five years since we started doing this podcast, losing games anyway. Um, I'd rather be criticized with expectations than criticized um, with no one thinking we're going to do anything, you know, and thinking we're going to stink. But a couple other criticisms that came our way this week, one was from Alex Smith, Mike, in regards to our coach and Zach Wilson's development. Another one was from Makai Becton. Uh, and I'm going to see what Mike and the Wookiee think about this situation. Makai Becton said that... It made no sense last year to play him at right tackle. He hurt his right knee. So why would they play him there? He was forced to play a position he didn't want to play. He was limping throughout practice and nobody cared. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, a lot of interesting statements here from Akai Becton, especially interesting considering the staff he's talking about, Robert Salah and his staff. He's played two quarters of a game. The entire time Robert Salah's been here. And he played 13 games as a rookie, guys, and had to leave four of them early, if you remember, because of his shoulder. Remember that rookie year? Mike kept having that nagging shoulder injury. And he missed three other games as a rookie. Yeah. Comes into the next year, hurts his knee in the first game of the year in an offseason where everyone said he didn't look like he was in shape. Mike, we talked about it here on the podcast. Hurts his knee. You're going to be out four to six weeks is what everybody said. Yeah. Instead, he, the Jets say, all right, well, he's going to have surgery. He'll be back this year. Mike, he doesn't decide to get surgery. He missed the entire season 
Yep. Off an injury that people said he'd be out for one month in 2021. Couldn't get back on the field. Didn't get surgery. Rehabbed it himself. And when he showed up for OTAs in 2022, Mike, the first report said what? Makai Becton is out of shape. Out of shape. Mike, we're getting videos of him throwing up on the sideline in practice. Okay, so when he says, well, man, why would they put me a right tackle? Man, that's that's why my knee hurt. Back it up a second, pal. You hurt your knee the year before. You didn't get the surgery the team asked you to do. You said you'd rehab it yourself. You came in just as fat or fatter as the year before. <laughs> and you expect the Jets to go, oh, no, let's pop him at left tackle. Let's trust in that. He'll be fine. No, the Jets said, this guy is going to probably get hurt again. We're not putting him at left tackle. Yep. Zach Wilson last year coming into his second season. We need to protect him. We can worry about him. He in, Going into last year, Mike, he's the franchise of the team. No, we're not putting you at left tackle because you haven't done anything to help this knee out. We think you might get hurt again. And what happened? He got hurt again. And the week before that, if you remember, he was out with a concussion. All he's done is get hurt since he's been here. Yeah. So I'm sorry, Mike. I meant to throw to you. I, I know you're hyped about this. You have an opinion about Beckton in this. Do you think his label of being a bust, immature, all these things, do you think this statement here helps any of that at all? I just think that he can't read the room. It's not the time, man. True. <laughs> it's not the time. Your career is in jeopardy right now, just being frank. You know, you don't have a good year this year. Not only will you not be on the Jets, potentially, but... You know, you'll have hard luck trying to get a starting position in the future. You know, I know a lot of us ha- are hope for the best for you. And, you know, a lot of us still believe in Makai Becton. Um, we know that our season could have great success if Makai Becton has great success. So I think everybody's rooting for him. But why you would decide to come out now throwing stones like right now, you just need to control what you control. And yeah. Robert Sala said that. Don't worry about the past, whatever, things that are outside of your control. Go win the starting job back, okay? And 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 play ball. You're causing distractions when the team is finally in a place that we haven't been in, I don't know, over more than a decade. Read the room, Makai. Yeah, you know, no, know where you're at. Know the opportunity that you have in front of you. What you're doing is selfish. What you're doing is immature, and it's unbecoming, to be honest. And you know, when we get into OTAs, we talk a little bit about what Rogers is doing there in the locker room. He's going to put a stop to foolishness like this. Wookie, let me ask you a question here. If you're a guy in Makai Becton's situation, Wookie, get drafted 11th. The Jets go ahead and give you 20 million bucks. You know, you're going to get in a contract and you've only played nine full games and you're heading into your fourth season, Wookie. Don't you think making comments like, for instance, Wookie, they asked him, what do you think about the current coaching staff? And he said, yeah, it is what it is. You know? Then Wookie blamed them for the fact that his his knee, which he didn't get surgery on, right? Which they told him to, got hurt. It's because, oh, you're moving to right tackle. That's the only reason it happened, Wookie. How does this help his situation, Wookie, at all? Is there any way these type of comments and this behavior and this attitude is beneficial at all? No. There's absolutely no way. Professionally, I mean, maybe social media-wise, people that follow him, uh, fans of his, maybe they, you know, whatever, but... Uh, in his professional career, 
I mean, you haven't done anything really with all the hype you came in with. And and like you said, Mike, Jet fans still believe in this kid to get it back on track. But you can't, I mean, you can't be making, how long has he been in the league now? This will be his fourth season. Yeah. Four yeah. seasons. All right. So get somebody that can tell you how to deal with the media and answer questions, even if it's not the way you really feel. You put that bullshit out there like every other pro athlete does. You give the, you know, the, the, the whatever the, the fans want to hear, the team wants to hear, and then you deal with how you really feel behind the doors with management and everything. I mean, I, four years, all right, maybe he's still a young cat, but you, you got to start maturing a lot quicker at this point. And you have to realize, like, as Mike pointed to before, your your career could be in jeopardy right now. It, it, it's a it's it's a very fine line, as, as Bricktop said in uh, Snatch, you're on thin ice, my friends, and I shall be beneath it when it breaks. So get your stuff together. Go out there and be the dominant tackle that they drafted you to be. Stop getting hurt all the time and milking it, it seems. Again, can't be in the, in the guy's mind, but come on. Get with the program here. Yeah, and you know, when a guy shows up, someone that big and has had injuries, and they show up and everyone's like, oh, my God, they're in such great shape. My thought is never, oh, man, that's – Obviously, that's where we want him to be, guys. Don't get me wrong, Jets fans. But when I hear that, I go, well, why wasn't he in that shape week one of his rookie season? Why are we in year four after missing two entire years? We've collected $15 million from the Jets to not play football. Why then, under those circumstances, when the Jets decide to not exercise your fifth-year option, which you know is part of this, you guys know this is part of this, thought process with this kid they didn't pick up his options now he's salty now he's pissed off right and you think about it when he says things like um you know i was limping around practice my knee hurt i told the jets but nobody cared when you hear things like that like i know he has a label of being immature which obviously is happening right now right none of this is his fault he didn't show up out of shape none of that has anything to do with the fact why he hurt his his knee last year because if he played left tackle you don't have to use your right leg right guys you only use one you only use your left leg if you play left tackle right like the logic is flawed and i'm thinking with the jets i mean they gave him let's see they gave him four-year deal 18 million bucks he's he's already collected 15 million dollars so when you say you're limping around practice and you go to yourself man the jets are worth 5.2 billion dollars the franchise 11th most valuable team in all of professional sports on the earth so what we're saying is that team worth five bill draft him 11 give him 20 million dollars and when they see what he's limping or his knee might hurt they said out we don't care now you you, we don't don't go to the doctor because when you went to the jets doctor to begin with you didn't do what they told you to do think about what i'm saying yeah he didn't do what they asked him to do to begin with and then last year, oh, no one cared. My knee hurt. Nobody cared. <laughs> I mean, guys, they have been handling this dude with last year's Salah. If you remember, in the he's, he's defending this dude over and over again, right? Over and over and over again. And I don't know what else you want the team to do. He's been a bust to the highest level so far. He's immature, guys. Um, He lost his spot. And instead of going to work, getting his spot back, he complained to the media. And last week we spoke about Quentin Williams and removing his social media. And we, a lot of times on the show, all of us are in our forties, but we talk about younger people, the way they do things. And it's not right or wrong. I'm just saying we're different. So my views on things could be, I don't know why someone would do this. I understand 
to a degree why Quinnen, let me let me make a statement here, right? Some of us get that. This behavior from Becton, considering what you've given us so far, guys, I just I just don't get it. You've done nothing. You've played nine full games. You're heading into your fourth season. You're not in a position to make comments like this. You might get caught this year. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could theoretically not be on the team if you show up and you're not looking like you're going to help. We drafted a tackle this year and last year and signed Billy Turner. This is not the time to talk, open your mouth up, Mike. This is the time to shut up and go to work and get the job done. Yeah, right, like, that's, that's why I said I, I just don't understand, you know, why he would go here. And I think it's just a sign of immaturity. And um, I know he's a, a dad, a father, a family. I don't know. I'm not, you know, he's got a family and everything like that. I I just don't know. But all, I'm rooting for him. I don't I, I want him to be our left tackle for the future. But again, if you're going to be immature like this, you're not going to be able to show value. You got to put up or shut up. And yeah. and and that's pretty much it at this point. So. I was really disappointed to read that, and I just I don't understand the motivation behind. It's just shut. You know, my mom taught me when I was little. You know, if you don't got nice something nice to say, don't say nothing. Just be quiet. If you don't, if you're not going to say anything positive to help anybody, and you're just going to be spewing negativity, just be quiet. Yeah. And so, you know, Makai, if you're going to be just causing issues, it's, it's just not worth it, man. Yeah, he's it. looking for an excuse. And I get it, Mike. Um, but the thing is that the New York Jets can't worry about any one individual player's feelings when they're creating the depth chart for the offensive line. Well, hold on a second. Makai doesn't like to play right tackle, so we got to pop on that. No, that's not how this thing works. Last year in the preseason, you weren't our best option at left tackle because you'd only played nine games fully in your entire career. You know what I'm saying? And you're getting concussions and you're missing time in practice and you have a shoulder injury and you're showing up out of shape. Why in your head are you the incumbent automatically? What, because you drafted 11th? That means nothing. That means nothing. Last, Trey, Trey Lance was drafted third. Brock Purdy basically drafted last. Who's going to start over who in the preseason if they battle? We know. So don't talk to me about draft position. These guys get so blown out of shape with those type of things. Another, another person that had some comments about the Jets, Michael, was Alex Smith who put our coach, Robert Salah, on blast. I want to read Jet fans the quote here if they haven't heard it. Um, this is straight from Alex Smith, guys. He said, there is a different mentality for my career when you play for an offensive head coach that wants to light up the scoreboard and outscore the opponent. There's a different mentality you have as a young quarterback versus a defensive-minded head coach when really that coach's mentality is don't screw it up, don't turn the ball over, don't put us in a bad situation. And then more specifically, guys, he said, Robert Salah, you're a great defensive mind and coordinator, but, like, you have no idea how to develop a quarterback. That's what he said, guys. And he went on to alliterate that, uh, you know, we had an offensive coordinator that had never called plays here before. I understand that. Not the best situation for Zach. A couple things here, Alex Smith. One, you want to be a talking head in the NFL. If you do want to get ahead in the business, in the middle of a sentence, don't go, Robert Salah, you're a great defensive mind and coordinator, but like, um, you have no, no, don't, you sound like a 14 year old girl, you know, on Twitter right now. So get your shit together when you're going to speak words. But I want to say one thing with Alex Smith. I think a lot of this, um, I have a historical view on what he just said, Mike, and then a current view as well. But we all have to remember when these guys speak, these talking heads speak, last year, Brady Quinn put Zach Wilson on blast. You have to understand the context of where he's coming from. What was his career like? Why? Where are his opinions developed from? And when you look at an Alex Smith, a guy drafted first 
overall, guys, remember? Um, he's the guy that when he was drafted first, his, his coach was Nolan Smith, right? Who was defensive-minded coach. Now, before he coached the uh, before he coached the 49ers, you're talking about a guy that was defensive coach for the Broncos, the Giants, the Redskins, the Jets for one year, guys, 2000, um, the Ravens, and then he was the head coach of the 49ers, 2005, 2008, a defensive-minded head coach. And Alex Smith, if you notice, guys, early in his career, was a scrub. He had one touchdown his rookie season. He struggled his sophomore year. He started seven games and threw two touchdowns his third year. He got hurt his fourth year. And then who did the Niners hire? Mike Singletary, another defensive coach. So his first seven or eight years in the NFL, those were his coaches. And that's who he's going to go ahead and blame for the fact that his first seven or eight years, he was garbage central, guys. You know what I'm saying? So I think when you look at the context of how he played, um, I think that that has a lot to do with it. Now, last year, Zach was ranked 34th out of 34 quarterbacks, 55% completion percentage in his career. We know guys, 15 interceptions, um, excuse me, 15 touchdowns, 18 interceptions in his career. I think that Zach Wilson is not a good quarterback because he's not a mature enough person at this point, or maybe skilled enough. There's a lot of, a lot of variables here, but I think jet fans who watch every single game know enough to know. I don't think this is Robert Salah's fault. Why Zach Wilson hasn't flourished. And like I said, guys, um, when it comes to Alex Smith and his opinion, I don't, I understand when we talk about LaFleur, we talk about our offensive coordinator, coordinator never calling plays, Mike, that makes sense. And that's not optimal for your rookie quarterback. But when you make a blanket statement, like, oh man, defensive minded head coaches, it's just not really the best for developing quarterbacks. And, you know, they don't really get ahead. Like in my mind, the first thing I thought of when I heard that, when I read that statement was the fact that Tom Brady, probably the best quarterback of all time, right guys? I mean, I know we don't like him, but I would say Tom Brady's probably the best quarterback of all time. Guys, who was Tom Brady's coach? Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, right? What did Bill Belichick specialize in? What's his area of expertise, guys? Cheating. After cheating. Defense. Defense, right? Defense. Yep. And before Tom Brady got to the Patriots, Bill Belichick coached the Browns for five years. Um, Vinny Testaverde, he had uh, Tom Zach, he had... Bernie Kosar as his quarterbacks. Didn't develop a QB there. Comes to the Pats. Tom Brady comes in. And Tom Brady's first seven years in the NFL never even threw over 30 touchdowns. Tom Brady's first year in the NFL, he averaged 180 yards passing. The exact point Alex Smith made. Literally. <clears throat> Defensive mind head coach. Ask you not to lose. That's exactly how Brady was handled for about six years. He worked out pretty good right guys how about Peyton Manning he's another guy I thought of as a pretty good head coach right guys Peyton Manning's not bad when Peyton Manning got drafted Jim Mora was the coach he was the defensive coordinator for Washington for Seattle was the head coach of the Saints for 10 years where he specialized in what defense right, playoffs and playoffs and after Jim Mora got fired who did they bring in the coach oh Tony Dungy what did he specialize in defense. oh defense guys Guys, Ben Roethlisberger's not that bad a quarterback, right? Nope. He, he did pretty good in his career. Who did he get drafted by? Bill Cowher? What did he specialize in? Defense. The, what? And then when Bill Cowher sailed along, they hired Mike Tomlin. What do you specialize in? Defense. Yeah, Defense. no. Oh, but, 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 but you know that there's biases there, and you're right. You're I. I cannot. Mike, there's a lot of these. Is my point. Yeah. Right, and I don't mean to cut you off, but my point is when you make statements like this quarterback's entire career now. The personnel, the system, the coach, of course it's going to help or hinder you. I'm not saying it doesn't. But this statement made here was Robert Salah doesn't know how to 
develop this young quarterback. That's why he isn't good. And if you go through the NFL, you're like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Sean McDermott was a def- Josh Allen doing pretty good, right? He wasn't, he wasn't great as Sean McDermott had no experience in his entire life developing a quarterback. Is he the reason Josh Allen is good? Or is this Josh Allen a good quarterback? You know what I'm saying? Like, Russell Wilson got drafted by Pete Carroll. All he's done is coach defense. Besides the stint at USC, don't get me wrong, right? Had never developed a QB. Russell Wilson is playing still right now. He's doing pretty good, right? Like, you can just go through the NFL. You can just go through history. And there is example of example proving this is just an absolutely asinine statement to me. You know what I'm saying, guys? There's not... What's the list? I'd love to know. What is the list of quarterbacks that would have been great, that should have been great? Ah, man, but they got drafted by a defensive-minded coach. Like, who who are the guys? Who are we missing? You know, why don't we go into some of the guys who have been drafted by offensive-minded geniuses? How about how about Shanahan right now in the NFL, Mike? He, he's a QB whisperer, but not for Trey Lance, I guess. He's not Mike, he's not applying. Shanahan decided to be the QB whisperer for Brock Purdy, right? But not for Trey Lance. Is that what we're saying? Because he coaches offense. He figures it all out. He's the guy who, the, the ideal scenario for a young quarterback. Trey Lance, I know he got hurt last year, was a scrub his first year, right? Yeah. Last year, Brock Purdy's balling. They're talking about Sam Darnold starting this year. He's not even a thought in people's minds right now. You know what I'm saying? Kyler Murray's had some decent statistics, but his offensive-minded coach just got fired out the door. So I don't understand these type of blanket statements. Why is anyone trying to defend? It's like you're trying to defend Zach Wilson. Have you watched these games? Yeah. Have you watched the games when he plays like garbage? And then gets in front of the media and says, "Not my fault." That has nothing. To, that has nothing to do with the coach of the Jets. Okay, how did the way the coach of the Jets handled that when this kid took zero accountability was to put him on blast? That's how coaches handle these things. That's how you keep people accountable. Mike, you know that his first game in the NFL, Zach threw thirty-seven passes. His first game, Mike. His second game, he threw thirty-three passes. Okay. Now, as you start going through it. Um, hold on, let me get the stats out right here. Hold on. Mike, first game, 37. Second game, 33. Then he threw 35, 34, 24, 38, 42 passes. That's his rookie year. Mike, is that easing a quarterback in? Because what he's saying is, oh, you got to game manage. They didn't game manage Zach Wilson. Mike, they didn't do that <laughs> until the last four games of his rookie year. And Mike, what are the last four games of his rookie year remembered for? The only stretch he's ever played good for four games in a row. And it wasn't I mean, even good. It was just turnover-free football. He was being held back. Yeah. And in, in those games, Mike, 23 attempts, 22 attempts, 33, and then 20. Right. So what he's saying is that the Jets didn't let it rip with Zach Wilson. That's all they did the first half of his rookie year. They gave him a shot. That's all it was about. All right? They let him throw the ball. He's throwing the ball 40 times in a game. It's just fifth game of his career. So you obviously didn't either look at the stats, watch the games. I'm not saying Al Smith doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to football. Of course he does Definitely does not know what he's talking about when it comes to the Jets, right? Because all the Jets did was give him a shot his rookie year. And they saw that this kid, you can't have him throw the ball 40 times a game. You can't do well, it. Well, I mean, Keith, Keith, the, right now, and, and what happened with Aaron Rodgers this season has been unprecedented. And, and when I say that, I say unprecedented. The Jets have been the top story in the NFL since the Super Bowl ended since Aaron Rodgers was even whispered to come to this team. They're the top story. Every single show that you turn it on, it's all about 
gangrene and Aaron Rodgers. That's all they talk about every single day. Get up on, on first take, whatever, what have you. So every single media member has to have their opinion. You have Dan Orlowski out there saying that the Jets are going to compete with Patrick Mahomes for the AFC championship. You know, he's a fan. You, so a lot of people are taking sides. So Alan Smith is a member of the media. He's trying to make his mark. He's going to have to talk about the number one topic. And he decided to throw stones instead of anything else and attacking the coach. So you have to ask yourself, why did he do that? Now, to your point, I agree with you. He has some insecurities about his growth, his time as a quarterback when he was a scrub. And um, he wants to say, you know, pretty much reflect off his bad experiences on the same with Zach, right? Oh, I had a defensive core. I know what exactly what it's like. That's what happened with, that's what's happening to Zach. And that's why Robert Salas sucks as a coach. Well, why are you hitting Robert Salas? Why, why even go after him if there is maybe some underlying hatred you have for the Jets this season? And that could maybe due to the fact that you, Scrub Alex, were drafted in the same draft that one Aaron Rodgers was drafted in. Mm. And compared to yeah. your whole career. Great point. And I'm sure you hated every day walking and looking and learning about what the media was writing about you for you in san francisco and they were saying man we should have drafted that number 12 up there in wisconsin but we got this scrub i know don't act like it isn't that you ain't hating that your whole career and now that he goes to the jets with a chance to extend and even elevate his current status you're throwing stones. That's all right. Do it. Like, again, I, I, I started this show, Wookie and Keith, saying, you're going to be haters, man. You're yeah. going to be people throwing rocks at us. That's the nature of the game when you get one of the great ones. And so, hey, throw your stones, bro. You didn't really do anything yeah. you know, in the league. Now, God bless you. You were a NFL quarterback for a number of years. And I know I can never say that. Keith can't say that. Wook can't say that. Good for you. You know, and you weren't Brady Quinn, complete scrub. But, you know, you weren't Ann Rodgers. So, I don't know. Yeah. I know one more thing, Mike. One more thing I'll throw in, and then we'll move on to OTAs here for Jet fans. Um, was Robert Salava coach when Mike White made his first career start? <laughs> he was, right? <laughs> Now, Mike White managed to do pretty good that first start, right? His jersey's in the Hall of Fame. And he managed to throw for about 330 yards every game he started, even though he was a neophyte and hadn't started any games. He started less games than Zach Wilson by the time he made his first start, right, Mike? Um, Mike White, Joe Flacco, Joe Johnson. Oh, bro. 330 yards and three touchdowns. So when you make a statement like you made, the the reason that Zach Wilson is is struggling, the the defensive-minded coach, this and that, Joe Flacco is an absolute scrub at this point, going out there crushing Zach Wilson when it comes to stats, right? Now, Joe Johnson was played in the XFL. He's played on 58-18, every practice squad you can imagine, guys. This isn't someone with just un- unreal NFL experience who started dozens of games. He-, he balled the one game he started. And Mike White, as a point last year, people were saying, forget Zach Wilson, let's go with Mike White. So... The same team, the same personnel, the same coach that's defensive-minded, so he doesn't want to light at the scoreboard, 
which is not beneficial for quarterbacks. Every other quarterback on this roster was fine, even played pretty well, except Zeckles. So, I mean, we, we can't do this. We can't, we can't have a society of excuse makers for everybody all the time, guys. Okay, sometimes people just stink, and it's not the team's fault, right? It's not anyone else's fault besides the individual player themselves. And maybe we could have had um, a better offensive line or better players for Zach when we drafted him. But there's a reason you draft second in the draft. It's because you're not good. Right? Guys, I mean, these guys don't get drafted first and second and just go to teams and just get slam dunk scenarios. That's not what happens. You need time to build. But if you stink along the way and are so bad, you're actually you're not even benefiting the other players on your team. Well, then you get pulled. Zach Wilson got benched from Mike White last year. That happened. Happened, guys. So I don't know what we're doing here with the excuse well, me. It look, does, this is awesome. this is a great segue into into OTAs, but look, Zach Wilson flat out was terrible, and and the the GM admits that they wish he wishes he could have brought in a veteran because he just wasn't ready, guys. And it's not that Zach Wilson doesn't have the talent; he definitely has the talent. We all know that he has the talent. He just the game was too fast for him. He he was just behind. Okay, guys, so. That is the way it was, but I'll tell you this, just starting off here for OTAs, um, we talked about what happened with Aaron Rodgers. He tweaked his calf, so he was standing off to the side, national media on board, everyone looking, guess who was front and center? Zach Wilson, 9 for 10, I think it was, zipping the ball all over the place, looked good. Now, guess what? Was it against the defense? No. Zach Pipp? Is, is, it, is it practice? Yes. Right? So do we, you know, you see all these tweets and people saying, oh, guys, it's just it's just OTAs, you know. But you know what I liked to see? I like to see the kid's head still up there, still in the game. You know, all the – he got it destroyed, guys. And, and, and deservedly so. He didn't – the one thing Keith brought up a good point. You know, you had Sanchez, you had Darnold, and they, they, they scrubbed it out. But they were always pretty good with the media. Especially Mark, he was he was uh, he was pretty good with him, you know. But Zach was more than terrible. He looked like a cat from the mountains of Utah. Had zero clue how to address after attacked by the New York media. Just straight up, you know, no. And I wasn't thinking about that. And has zero understanding, zero game. Can't read the room. Okay, so he got annihilated pretty badly, and and then he played up against Trevor Lawrence on the only national television game in for the Jets last season, and got an, just booed out of the stadium. So I don't know of another quarterback that got it worse. Maybe I could think of one, but he got it bad. And so I look at him and I see him, you know, slapping five with Nathaniel Hackett, you know. Being friends with obviously Aaron Rodgers, that's his idol. You know what I mean? Like, but he's he's not quitting. And you know what? Um, I, I I'm not hating on Zach, and I know that I don't believe he's the answer here. But I'm going to say this, and Keith Wookie, I'll, I'll get your opinion first. If this kid can somehow hold it together, have Aaron Rodgers start for the next two years, and he just learns, does whatever, and then you know gets his shot. You know, that bodes well for him potentially uh, mentally being able to handle New York. What do you think about that take? I mean, 
it makes sense if you think the kid can be an NFL quarterback. If you think he can make the throws, you think he can read defenses, he can get the team in and out of um, any kind of shifts they might like to be, you know, or audibles. The mental part will come if he wants to just learn and sit behind AA Ron for the next couple of years. It comes down to whether or not Jet fans think he has the physical attributes and the mental acuity to be a starting quarterback in this league. Because if he does, then if he sits and actually matures as he gets older behind one of the greatest of all time, you would assume, bad word, that if they gave him another shot to be the guy, he would be more apt to handle the situation. Uh, Whether or not that happens, I don't know. So I think it comes down to whether or not you think Physically, he has the tools to be a quarterback if he ever really puts his, you know, his his head down and just grinds it out and learns as much as he can. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense to me. I think one of the things that's the most worrisome with Zach and one of the things that uh, I probably should have alluded to when Alex Smith went on his stupid ass rant about Robert Salah being responsible for him not developing is that his rookie year and then last year, one of the biggest criticisms, guys, was he couldn't do the easy stuff. I mean, that's how how is that on a coach or any? That's just on you. I mean, yeah, the criticism of Zach is there's a guy wide open in the flat and you throw it into the sideline. You can't you teach that. That's not Robert Sala. That's not the coach. Um, but I'll say this: that maybe to having a chance to take a step back here. I know. Aaron Rodgers is our quarterback now. We have one of the GOATs. I mean, this is as good a scenario as you can imagine, guys. But say it was another just veteran QB. Say we brought – say Carr came in here. Or they traded for Stafford or they got Tannehill or something. I think Zach's still sitting this year uh, because he didn't show – when it comes to the mental acumen of the game, I mean, the games last year where he had to really throw it a lot, you didn't see him play very well. They needed to dumb the offense down. They needed to run the ball and create play-action scenarios for him to make it easier. He's not someone that can take on the full playbook um, right now. It doesn't seem like at least, or at least read a defense well. So you sit back now and you watch one of the best do it. You see how someone else who's done it better than anybody for the past 20 years does it, reads blitzes, reads coverages. Why did you throw the ball here? How did you know to throw throw the ball out of bounds here? Why did you call an audible here, et cetera, et cetera? I mean, it could only be helpful. I'm happy that he looks good right now in OTAs because if you guys remember, Jet fans, Mike is always on top of these things. and He did not look really that good in his rookie season OTAs or last year. Or, or last year. That's what I mean. So the reports were that he doesn't look good. So, I mean, look, he didn't know, like a lot of other people, um, I'm sure the Jets were upright, uh, forthright with him when it comes to the Aaron Rodgers search because they, they drafted you know him second, so they got to be honest with the kid. But maybe he held that hope, right? Maybe we don't get Rodgers. I'm still the guy this year. So I'm hoping he prepared this whole offseason with that in mind because that's the guy I want. I want a motivated player. I want somebody who is going to be pissed off. They had to make – because, look, make no mistake, everybody. If Zach Wilson is just playing average, if Zach Wilson last year had 22 touchdowns and 10 interceptions and threw for 3,500 yards, he's quarter – we don't have Aaron Rodgers on the team right now. He's the quarterback right now, Zach Wilson, 100%. Without a doubt, right? But he didn't do that. Instead, last year, he looked like he regressed in a lot of areas. And then also when it comes to, and Mike alluded to this, when it comes to handling things in the public eye, I'm not just talking about the whole MILF scenario. That's kind of something funny to laugh at. But taking accountability. I mean, the only guy, I remember when we had 
Sanchez is having a bad year and the Jets were playing bad and the butt fumble happened. And he was just, it's a meme, it's everywhere. He gets thrown under the bus. Sanchez jokes all over the place. And he could not have possibly handled that better. Not even his fault what happened to begin with, right? Didn't blame anyone. Knows it's embarrassing. Made jokes about it. And that's what you do to move on. I mean, Sanchez, Darnold, um, they were as good as it gets at kind of not letting it seem like the media affect them. You know, at least as far as I can tell, they handled the media really well. Um, I think Zach Wilson, you know, being out there at USC, you're in LA, man, massive market. You're playing at, you know, you're playing there in front of a ton of people. He's in a fishbowl in BYU, Zach Wilson, and he's the king of that fishbowl, right? So when he he didn't get asked tough questions after a bad loss, and even his rookie year where he played horrible plenty of times, the media didn't destroy this kid, you know, like they could have plenty of times. It wasn't until last year where we're t- we're halfway through your rookie season now. Excuse me, your second season now. Where now you're there's no more rookie BS. Now you're a second year NFL quarterback. You face some hard questions and you deal with it in an immature way. That kind of stands out to me. And I think watching Aaron Rodgers in that facet also deal with the media. This is a new experience for Rodgers. He's been in Green Bay forever. Green Bay has not that many reporters covering him. They weren't very critical of him very often. Um, I think even in his first press conference, you could learn something from him. Zach, the way he handled things, Aaron Rodgers. just He's just such a pro at all of this stuff. Not just on the field, off the field. X's and O's, media, uh, teammate relations. Look, not everyone's going to get along with everyone. Don't get me wrong. Plenty of guys had some bad things to say about Rodgers. Plenty of guys had good things. Um, he's a, he's a can be a polarizing personality. But I think someone like Zach has turned himself into a polarizing guy also, Mike, for the wrong reasons. Aaron Rodgers has that personality because he's been great. So maybe he got a little cocky. Zach hasn't been good. And what you heard, Mike, last year in the, the reports of the locker rooms, that he did turn off a lot of that locker room. So he's going to have a yeah. chance to get him back if he just works hard, Mike. Let him chill for a couple years. We'll see what happens. There'll be a big decision there on that fifth-year option. Um, if Rodgers isn't coming back, that's going to be really interesting to see. Do you have any other news and notes from the OTAs here, Mike? Yeah, the, the, some of the biggest notes really was that um, you, the players are playing – you could feel that there's another level of play now that Aaron Rodgers is there and really speaking up in the quarterback room, speaking up in the whole overall team room, demanding excellence and, um, you know, basically calling out teammates when what they're doing isn't good enough. Right. And, and, and players are responding to it. And so far, um, it looks like his presence, he's already taken over as the leader of this team, and the team is yeah. following in line and respecting. So it's really a whole culture change, and he's kind of showing all of them, look, this is how you be great. So that's one awesome takeaway that we've seen from OTAs. Also, look, Elijah Vera Tucker ripped, tore his tripod. Guys, he was out there throwing people around, pushing the medicine ball, looking great. Really happy to see Elijah Vera Tucker healthy out there, Brees Hall sighting, running up and down. He didn't play, but running up and down the sidelines. Um, guys, let's just have some expectations with Brees. I, he'll be ready, I think, for week one. I don't know if he's going to have the, the the workload that we, we saw before uh, immediately because, you know, he'll only be 10 months out from his uh, surgery. But look, um, he's out there. He's looking good. Uh, Becton was out there, but he wasn't practicing as he still continues to rehab. Um, 
and 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 Alan, Alan Lazard we talked about uh, went down, but he was looking good. Same with Garrett Wilson. So so far, first good couple of days at OTAs. Uh, again, Zach's the one who shined and the one in front of the media that he's the one who really stood out. Um, you know, Will McDonald was there. Some of the rookies were there. Tipman. So um, looks like everyone's co- coalescing around Aaron Rodgers' leadership. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue to move forward. Jim, Ju- we got a big day coming up here next week, June 1st. There's going to be some cuts. And I think uh, Keith has a, Keith has some news. Uh, guys, I don't want to spread rumors. Keith said this to me. My ears perked up about some potential uh, addings that Mr. JD may be looking at. Keith, you want to? Yeah, guys, if you uh, Google this right now, Jet fans, this has just been in the last 24 hours, 48 hours. Look, this could be much ado about nothing. But when you're in May and you're talking football, this is the type of stuff you talk about. And it's the rumor of the Jets potentially being interested in Derrick Henry for the 2023 season. Now, Mike mentioned Brees Hall might not be 100%, probably won't be 100% by week one. I'm sure he'll be ready to go. Or I, I, sh- I think he'll be ready to go, Mike, but who knows? Most guys coming back from that first year, like Saquon's first year back from a similar injury. Mike, he was good, but last year he was a beast again. Um, so maybe we won't expect him to be as good as he was last year. That's why they drafted um, a running back in the draft. But I, I still think, and I think Mike still thinks too, it'd be beneficial considering the team we have right now to add a veteran running back. And I, I mean, this is the top of the top of the heap here. A guy like Derrick Henry, 1,500 yards still last year. And that's with one of the worst offensive lines in the league, guys. Derrick Henry was getting hit behind the line of scrimmage faster than any running back in the league and still averaged over four yards a carry, which is really hard to do. Still had a pretty good year last year. And that line did him no favors. When that line was good two or three years ago, they were giving him a cushion of about a yard or two, and then he would just make it happen, right? Last year, he had to pretty much do it all himself. You bring him to this squad. Oh, man. We're thinking our offensive line is going to be. Now with the big man Tipman in there, we'll see what happens with Becton. But at least you look at the talent we have. I think even if we have injuries, we should be pretty good next year. We were able to run the ball pretty good last year, guys, with a rookie running back there, with Carter back there, who's uh, – I mean, Carter to me is – I know a lot of Jeff fans like him. I, I don't – I just think he's – Probably the most overrated player on the team. Rookie year, he did good his second. Last eight games, last year, he was abysmal. Um, it's why they drafted a running back. But bringing in a guy like Derrick Henry to the squad, and then you get, say, Hall back healthy, and then, you know, we drafted our boy from Pittsburgh, Nigerian Nightmare. Um, Man, I'm, I'm, that would be – I don't know if they could financially make that happen, Mike. I think Henry's due about $14 million this year or something like that. I don't know what hurdles they'd have to figure out. I know after June 1st – Derrick Henry, um, Dalvin Cook is when he could be traded. He'll probably get moved to Mike. I know after June 1st, when a lot of these guys start getting moved and you could figure out contractual stuff, maybe we'll have a, um, a cut or two up our sleeve that we're not thinking about. Maybe maybe they think Henry's money or the Corey Davis money would be better spent on a guy like a Derrick Henry if they could make that move. But, Mike, if they made a move like that, or you say, Mike, say they even traded for a Dalvin Cook, or they might, Mike, they might be able to just pick him up as a free agent after June 1st, you never know with Dalvin Cook, just considering what's going on with the money with Minnesota. They have no money. I mean, either of those guys, I think, is an elite running back to pair with Hall. And I think the Jets basically don't have really a weak spot on the whole offense. If yeah. that, uh, that would be incredible. Uh, I don't know. if Again, they're going to do it because of the money. And, and I'm afraid that the Bills and the Dolphins are going to go try to hawk them. 
Yeah, me too. Unfortunately, I, I think that's what's going to end up happening. But if they could get somebody like I, – I just think that the offense is one big player away from being truly scary. Like add yeah. a Henry or put a D hop out there at wide receiver. I really actually don't want D hop because he doesn't want us. So I don't want anybody who doesn't want to be a jet. Like if you're not bought in, yo, you can go kick rocks. Go ahead and play with Josh Allen, bro. We'll see you, you know, twice, twice next year. But, um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I'm, I'm, I just think that they're one major piece from being like, oh, we're about to do this, like for real. Like I already think they're going to do really good next year. But um, man, if if Derek Henry, especially, I I like the move Keith because when I think about Derek Henry, he's in the end of his, you know, the end more of the yeah. end of his career. Yeah, sure. And he he's still beast mode. He's still beast top mode. three in the league now, right yeah. now. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, and you get him with a young breeze, and then have a bad Akanda as their their change of pace. We got the best That'd running be back core in the whole NFL. Period. Not, it's not yeah. even debatable. The best running game in the NFL. So I'd be, I'd definitely be loving that if that could happen. Yeah, I watched. You know, I got him in fantasy football, Mike. I'm a big Derrick Henry guy, so I watched a lot of the Titans game last year and. I mean, just it was just he would get tackled behind the line of scrimmage. He'd get the ball and just get tackled sometimes. And you're just like, oh my God, like give this dude some space and he's still going to just destroy. And I, the Jets could do that. I think a lot of teams could really benefit from a guy like that. Um, one thing I want to throw to, I want to ask the Wookiee before we get out of here too, Mike. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers being on the field and how the Jets look and they feel. And, you know, everybody listening, I know a lot of you guys probably played sports growing up. It might not have been football, baseball, basketball, whatever you played. Um, and look, you know, you played, of all the people I know, you played football at the highest level. You played at Marist. You were a tight end. You were awesome in high school football player. And I wanted to ask you, look, when you play, and even my, I mean, myself playing basketball growing up my whole life, baseball and everything, when you played with someone that you knew was like, wow, this dude is, this guy's way better than me. And you're playing with them, whether you're against them or on the same squad, it's like almost subconsciously makes you want to ball harder. You know, like in your uh, mind, like, <clears throat> I'm, playing, like, I'm sorry. You just, you just feel it in your head. Like I remember when I was freshman basketball, I played against Elton Brand. I had no shot, but in my mind, I'm like, I'm about to drop 30 right now. You know, like I dropped like, I think I had two points, um, maybe the whole game, but in my head, I felt like my level was raised. Um, what do we got from Hater? Oh, he's stuck. I, I like what I see there. Most optimistic. That's what I would like to see, Mike. Optimistic Jet fans. A new type of Jet fan. The optimistic. <laughs> we're, starting a whole, we're starting a whole new wave here, man. Starting a whole new wave. But Wookie, getting back to my question. When you play, because I mean, you play D1. You play with great players. You were a great player yourself. But when you balled out with guys you knew were just at another level, did it not make you want to play harder, run faster, make a big play, all those things? Absolutely. Uh, if any of you guys remember uh, Jim uh, Jimmy Kennedy oh, yeah. went to uh, went to Penn State, played for the Giants, Minnesota, a couple teams, defensive lineman. He played at Roosevelt in Yonkers. And when I was in high school, we were both seniors at the same time. We went to a uh, summer camp because our head coaches were kind of like old school buddies from back in the day. So we were down there and I, Keith, Mike, I'm a pretty big dude, and I will never in my life forget lining up against, I'm, I'm talking less than three yards away from Jimmy Kennedy, and we're doing um, 
uh, shoulder pad uh, drills where we're you know hitting the shoulder pads and all this shit. He hit me, and I looked at him in his eye, and I was like, "Yo, bro, you can't do that again. <laughs> like you can't. Like you are such a man child." And he was one of the funniest, nicest dudes I've ever met in my life. And he was he started laughing immediately. He's like, "Yo, this is just this is just me." I'm like, "I understand that, but just you is going to give me like a fucking contusion." In my chest because you are an abnormally large individual that is so good at playing the sport we're playing. I can't even I I'm I'm hurting right now. I want to get through practice, bro. We're trying to get through practice for the week. We're all here. There's six, seven different high school teams here. We're all going through the same shit every day. And every day it seems like yo, Coop is right over here. Like we all remember Coop. Shout out to Coop from 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 Big, bigger dude than me. I'm like, yo, can you just line up against him? Two dudes down every once in a while. Besides going against me every time, or Fredrickson, or Mark Fredrickson, another bear child, bear man. I'm like, but to your point, yeah, it makes you want to. I'm like, all right, I gotta. I thought I was at where I was at, but if if I have to go against anybody like this throughout a season, I gotta step. I gotta step up tremendously. That's what I'm talking about. And what Wookie just said is what I hope and what Mike hopes is Zach Wilson's mentality right now. He's seeing the dude right there who's done it the best for the longest, who's his idol. And you're very far away from that. Zach Wilson's far away from Aaron Rodgers level. We all know that, you know, um, Wookie was tremendous player in high school. He was a beast. He played in college, but Jimmy Kennedy was drafted 12th overall in the NFL draft. You know, so there's levels to everything. Like what you just mentioned, I remember Kennedy too, man, because he was such a monster whoop. And I think he, he was 6'4", 330 in high school. Yeah, that's beast, man. So no, I'm like, just looking at this guy. I know, I know. A lot of chance, probably like, who's this dude? Had a good NFL career, was a beast. But if you Google him, he takes up like entire screenshots. <laughs> you can't get a good picture. You got to back up like 10 feet because he's too big. He's like a uh, Thank you, Wook, for that. That was great, man. Mike, I think we covered everything, right? Yeah, we did, man. All right, cool, man. If anyone wants to get at us, Mike, or support us in any way, shape, or form, how can they do that? Guys, YouTube, please like and subscribe on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. Cool, man. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, and on behalf of the number one Wookiee on the planet, the big Wook, Nick Kronk. My name's Keith Farrell. Get you this week, everybody. Peace out.